0: Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. I started to take the recipes I had made with lemons or limes and add orange. Everything from salad dressings to chicken dishes to fish dishes. And I couldn't believe what an orange did to a savory dish. It was just astounding to me.
1: I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, you can take the girl out of Florida, but you can't take Florida out of the girl. At least not her love of oranges. But we are talking about oranges in the Sunshine State and across the Atlantic with our guest, Jamie Schler. She grew up in Satellite Beach on Florida's Space Coast. After college, Jamie moved to New York City before settling in France, where she and her husband own a small hotel. Jamie balances hotel ownership with being a food writer and cookbook author. During the COVID 19 pandemic, she published the ebook, Isolation Baking. She's also the author of Orange Appeal, a cookbook full of sweet and savory recipes showcasing the fruit that put her native Florida on the map. Jamie recently chatted with me from the hotel she owns, where she also lives. In our conversation, she shares her favorite ways to cook and bake with oranges, the differences between ingredients in the U.S. and France, and how the fantasy of running a French boutique hotel compares to the reality.
0: I'm in Chinon, which is in the center of France in the Loire Valley. So we're where all the chateaux of the Loire Valley are. It's a beautiful region. I own a hotel. I've owned the hotel since 2015, uh, a 27-room hotel in Chinon, France. I also, because of the hotel, became a jam maker because it's a tradition of the hotel that the owner has always made the jam served at breakfast on the premises. So I learned in two weeks before we took over the hotel. And now I make a lot of jam a year a lot. I've gone into vegetables, I've gone into just sweet, though, I don't make chutneys. But um, because I am the boss, I can do whatever I want. So I've been experimenting for years with, you know, liquors and spices and mixing fruits and, and it makes it fun.
1: Okay, but what in the world because you're from Florida? Is that right?
0: I'm from Florida. I grew up on the Space Coast. I'm a NASA baby.
1: So how did you get from Florida all the way across the Atlantic? I think you're the farthest away Zest guest
0: we've ever had. That's exciting. I graduated high school. Um, We moved to Florida in the early 60s when they opened NASA at Cape Canaveral. My dad was one of the first engineers to work on the manned space flight program. And so we moved down there and I went to USF for two and a half years before I transferred and finished my college at University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, full city. And then I went to New York for a couple of years and then I said, I need to do something else. And so I picked up and moved to France, which is a lot more difficult than it sounds. And two years later, I married, I settled here. And actually, my first job in France was in culinary tourism in Paris and I ended up becoming a food writer. And then we bought the hotel in 2015. And I kind of juggled doing both careers.
1: And somewhere along the way, you wrote several cookbooks, right?
0: Well, I wrote one traditionally published cookbook called Orange Appeal. And you can tell I'm a Florida girl. And another one that I, which is an ebook I wrote during COVID, actually, put together because I started to post recipes on Twitter so people could cook and bake when they were isolated at home. And then people started asking me if I would gather the recipes all in one place. And we ended up doing, I ended up doing an e cookbook So what
1: are the major differences you found between baking in the States and in France in terms of ingredients, technique, tastes, everything?
0: That's a hard question because I'm less of a cook than I am a baker. And I started baking a little bit in the States, but I've mostly baked only in Europe. We did live seven years in Italy. So yeah, there were some differences because that's where in Italy, I discovered things like chestnut flour and chickpea flour and things like that. For example, when I was developing recipes for Orange Appeal, I wanted to make sure the recipes worked for everyone, and especially in the States, because most of my audience is in the States. And so I had a lot of people all over the country test recipes for me. And yeah, that's when you realize the flour's a little different, the cream is different, the butter's different, the size of fruit and vegetables is different, which I that's something I never thought about. Because I would say things like a medium onion or a medium orange. And my testers would say, yeah, but here they're like the size of basketballs. What do you mean by medium? It was funny. It was it was really eye-opening. So there are differences.
1: Why do you think they're bigger here? Is it genetically Uh-oh. modified?
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> <ingredients>? possible. <laughs> That's possible because, I mean, things like meat, for example, you know, large productions of things like cows and stuff are injected with hormones to make them grow larger and so they're killed sooner so the meat is different than it is in France for example where they don't inject with hormones and so the animals are left to get to the size they normally would at a normal age and so the meat is different but things like cuts of meat are different actually which again is something that I I didn't know
1: what's an example of that
0: oh god I can't tell you off the top of my head you know it's funny cuz my husband trained as a veterinarian and he's the one that actually sat me down one day with a picture of, you know, different animals and said, this is this, and it doesn't really exist in this cut in the States. And he, you know, we were thinking of putting together some kind of little cookbook just to to compare because it's interesting. It's funny.
1: So let's talk about Orange Appeal. Mm -hmm. What made you want to write an entire citrus cookbook?
0: Well, I had signed with an agent My agent wanted to sign with me when I bought the hotel, because I'm planning on writing a memoir eventually about the experience. But because we knew that I wouldn't write it for several years, we wanted another project. So because I'm a food writer, I thought about a cookbook. And I started to look to see what was popular. It was 2016, I guess, 2017. And citrus was becoming kind of trendy. But everywhere I looked, the the few cookbooks that had been published were citrus. So there were a few orange recipes, a few grapefruit. a few, And I thought, well, why has nobody written an entire cookbook about the orange? Because it's such an interesting fruit to work with. And it's really, really versatile. I decided to just go ahead and do it. And I mean, I think orange is my favorite fruit. I eat them every day. And they're just, I mean, because you can use the zest, the peel, the juice, the fruit itself, and there's all kinds of orange flavorings that you can flavor with. They're tart, they're bitter, they're sweet, they then there's things like caracara Cara and blood oranges, which have completely different tastes, and they're different colors, so they're beautiful. So I, th- I just decided that I would do that, and I found a publisher that was interested, and I went ahead.
1: So what are some things we can do with oranges that maybe we haven't thought of?
0: To tell you the truth, when I started the book, I actually surprised myself because I realized I had never cooked with oranges. I mean, I would used orange in, you know, orange chocolate marble cakes and things like that, which is it's almost a no-brainer, but I'd never made anything savory. I started kind of simple. I started to take the recipes I had made with lemons or limes and add orange. And I was just everything from salad dressings to chicken dishes to fish dishes. And I couldn't believe what an orange did to a to a savory dish. It was it was just astounding to me. They're really good balance for things like vinegars. So they're great, they're fabulous in salad dressings. They go with even creamy stuff, which a lot of people think, well, it's an acid, but think of lemon. I mean, you make things with lemon. I mean, salad dressings in my cookbook are my favorite anyway. But my recipe testers, the dishes that they ended up making most for their families were all the savory dishes. The desserts are great, but the orange is great. Like I was saying, it it balances out really well with other citrus like limes or lemons. So it balances out the tart with something a little fruitier, but with soy sauce and vinegars and all the spices that you could possibly think of. It just makes this really great balance of, of flavor. And uh, it, it was really surprising to me. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com.
1: have thought of savory, my mind immediately went to sweet when I think of orange recipes. So what are some of those sweet recipes that you included?
0: Well, I took a classic French lemon tartlet, which is basically lemon curd with a very thin slice of candied lemon, and I did it with orange. And that's great. My favorite is the cream puffs. I make cream puffs with an orange glaze and an orange pastry cream filling. Well, everything from orange scones to orange cardamom upside down cakes with orange on the top instead of (laughs) (laughs) orange and chocolate is great oh orange panna cotta is is fabulous orange cakes i do prunes poached in orange and wine and i do i took whole oranges and i made a a syrup with orange and wine and cinnamon and i poached them in it and then i cooked the liquid down to be a syrup to serve with it i also did an orange vanilla Syrup that I serve over oranges and a Moroccan, a traditional Moroccan orange salad, which is fantastic. You make very thin slices of oranges with it. You take off the peel and you just slice the oranges and you macerate them in cinnamon, powdered sugar, and orange blossom water. And then before you serve it, you top it with, I top it with chopped pistachios, pomegranate seeds, and fresh mint.
1: Oh, that sounds so pretty.
0: It's very beautiful because then you can do it with caracara oranges, which are pink, blood oranges, which are red, and regular oranges, which are orange. And it's beautiful. And it's a great dessert when you do something really heavy, when you do a heavy meal and you still want a dessert at the end.
1: Do you it's, have access to all of those different types of oranges in France?
0: Yes, but that's a difference between the States and France because the blood oranges that my recipe testers were using in the states and what I've used when I visited the states are really really red and purple and here they're just kind of tiger stripes of red in the orange but karakaras are very popular now and I love them because they're pink the flesh is pink and they're very they have a very berry flavor and they have absolutely no acidity
1: wow so do you make these recipes for the
0: hotel guests no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I hope they're not listening.
0: <laughs> Once in a while, when I test a recipe or when I make something, I, I will bring down slices for guests in the morning. But no, because at breakfast we serve from local our artists and producers, local specialties, yeah. Ooh, okay, what's a,
1: what's a typical French breakfast?
0: A typical French breakfast is bakery items, obviously, croissant, brioche, baguette, And here we serve, we serve fruit salad and yogurts, but we also serve goat cheese because we're a goat cheese region. So we have a fresh, very fresh, unsalted goat cheese and a drier, slightly saltier, little tangier goat cheese that's a little more aged. And then we serve it with local honey and my homemade jams.
1: Of course. (laughs) Do you do an orange jam, orange marmalade?
0: I do several different kinds of orange marmalades. Yes. Of course you do.
1: Are you in the hotel right now?
0: Yes, I am. I'm in one oh. of the rooms. Mm. Can
1: I ask, do you live in the hotel? Yes. Oh, okay. Your life sounds like a Diane Lane movie. It's,
0: no, it's, it's a cross between Fawlty Towers and Shit's Creek.
1: Oh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be perfectly honest.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, let's talk about owning a hotel. And this is just me being nosy. So when you bought the hotel, what were the biggest surprises? Uh, positive or challenging?
0: Okay, let's start with challenging. Challenging is what you don't realize is that at this size of a hotel, we have to work seven days a week, anywhere from, well, in high season, once we're starting to fill up, we'll work anywhere from six to 12 hours a day. We'll average eight to 10, seven days a week. You just really, really, really surprise yourself that you are capable of doing so much in one day and juggling so many different jobs. It always astonishes me. It still does nine years later that I'm capable of doing all of that in a day, constantly day in and day out. In the afternoons, I make jam. Morning, I do breakfast service and check rooms. Well, the good, the positive is You do meet, you have a lot of crazy guests. I mean, you really do have a lot of crazy guests, some very difficult. But I have met so many fascinating people at this place, and I've stayed friends with some of them. It's been really astonishing. The one thing that I've really, that really struck me is that a guest arrives at a hotel, and of course, you immediately get a first impression by the way they act, by the way they dress, the way they look. Sometimes you're lucky enough to have a chance because they stay several days at the hotel where you realize the person is nothing like you imagine them to be. And and there have been some really fascinating people and some great stories too. Which,
1: I can imagine. Ooh, I can't mm-hmm. wait to read your memoir in a few years. Okay, I'm on your website, <laughs> lifesafeast.net, and it says yes. that the hotel has 26 rooms
0: now, now we have 27,
1: 27. Okay. Yeah. I used to want to own a bed and breakfast. That was like my fantasy, but then I just pictured myself washing towels and sheets. Mm-hmm. Constantly and constantly I thought, Oh, maybe not. So is that yes. the reality?
0: <laughs> That's the reality. That's the reality. You do get, you know, sometimes you get to go and have a glass of wine with a, a guest on the hotel terrace And sometimes, like I said, you're lucky enough where there's not a lot of people in the morning and you can actually sit and talk to them and get to know them. But mostly you're just working.
1: Man, where are most of the guests coming from?
0: I think 75% are foreign or non French. Most are American, Canadian, and from the UK. Then there's a big chunk from Europe. So we get Italians, we get Germans, Dutch. Belgians, more and more Swedes, Swiss. So it's fun to see Americans too, because I'm still, you know, I mean, I've lived here more than half my life, but I still go up and say, where are you from? Where are you from?
1: (laughs) Do you ever get back to the States?
0: Yeah. Once a year. Usually. Very often to Florida. Yeah.
1: So this is interesting because those of us who live here, it's almost like watching your child grow up. It's happening so slowly right in front of your eyes that you don't notice it. But what would you say are the biggest changes? I'm thinking especially of the citrus industry when you come back and observe.
0: I feel like it's been having a lot of difficulties the last several years, even though some of the grove's which I think are still family owned along the Indian river that we grew up going to when I was a kid are still there. I don't know. I go back to Florida. And to me, it's, it's like being a parent. It's always your baby. I mean, it still looks, it still seems the same. Every time I go back, my brother still lives in the town where we grew up. And so I will go and stay there. And um, satellite beach, just south of Cocoa beach. And it's like, it never changed it's, it's still, it's still the same. Wow. Isn't that funny? I know.
1: Okay. Speaking of being a parent, we were going to talk maybe a few months ago, but you told me you were getting ready for your son's wedding in Paris, Mm -hmm. which is just so (laughs) exotic to me. I love it. So if you don't mind my asking what food was served at the
0: wedding? It was a very small wedding, and we had the lunch at Musée Galliera, which is the, it's a fashion museum. It's an old, like, mid-19th century building. It's very beautiful, and they have a restaurant there. And I think the young chef was like a top chef winner or something. And we actually had the lunch out on a big terrace that they had outside. And the evening before, we had gone to uh, one of the big parks in Paris, which is up on a hill. And there's a big bar, an old build, like an old house too, I think, with a big, huge terrace, and we had drinks out at night in the cold out on this beautiful terrace in the in the in the middle of paris in this in greenery in this big park, which was lovely too.
1: Oh, that yep. sounds like a fantasy, I' it just was beautiful. I need to come to the <laughs> hotel and have a croissant with some of your orange jam help you fold some towels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come is, wash dishes. That's oh good. yeah, you'll put me to work.
1: Okay, I'll be there. This <laughs> is just such a treat to talk to you. Is there anything else you want to mention?
0: People ask me about living in France, but to me, living in France is just what I'm used to. So I think people see it as one thing and I see it as something else because I live here every day, but I still am really often astonished at certain things like how old things are. I live in a town that is a beautifully preserved medieval town. So the buildings in the center of Chinon, which is just down the street, in fact our, our our hotel is um was originally built in the 15th century. And you can walk through town and there are beautifully preserved, you know, houses from the 13th, 14th, 15th century that have been continuously lived in since they were built. And we have a fortress that overlooks the city. And it still, it still astonishes me. It still does. It still takes my breath away every time I walk through it. Every day I walk through it, I take, a, I take a, a walk and I still take pictures on my phone as I walk through. Oh,
1: I love that. And in a way, it is similar to Florida because these are both places where people vacation. Mm-hmm. And people imagine life one way, but when you live somewhere it's not quite like that, but every once in a while you'll, you'll be surprised by something and, and still have a little bit of that magic. That's true. <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much. This was such a treat.
0: Thank you. This is fun. Okay. Au revoir. Is that what they say? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Jamie Schlur is a food writer, cookbook author, hotel owner, pretty much all the things. She shared her recipe for orange cranberry granola, and you can find it on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Cologne. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.